0: And Welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. Today I'm here to talk about the most recent two films in the Spider-Man franchise, and those are Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. So we're in the home stretch. Um, hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to publish my episode, probably the most exciting episode that I've ever recorded, about Spider-Man No Way Home. I cannot wait but until then I figured it'd be it'd be a good idea to finally review Spider-Man Homecoming I've never reviewed that on this podcast before and re-review Spider-Man Far From Home Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you probably remember a pretty spite-filled episode about the movie when I first saw it but um, I don't think I've ever in my life had a more complete 180 on a film than I did on this one so Yeah, you'll have to listen to see uh, how I feel about it now. But first, let's start with Spider-Man Homecoming. Wow. Um, Wow. (laughs) This is a movie that I was unimaginably excited for. You have no idea. I stalked the development of this film like probably to unhealthy levels, no, definitely to unhealthy levels, um, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was, I was, I was younger, that was, that was five years ago, so I was 12, and, you know, I was in middle school, it was very awkward years, and I was very consumed by all the nerdy stuff, unlike now, um, but, (laughs) but, um, but, like, yeah, I was, I was trying to dress like Spider-Man, and I was trying to, you know, I had, like, I had the costume, and, um, and all kinds of stuff, and I I know for a fact that I was just obsessed with the with the with this movie and and just could not wait for it to come out. I mean, like you tell me that there's going to be a new version of Spider-Man, I'm there. And you tell me that he's going to be meeting the Avengers, that he's going to be in the MCU for real for the first time ever. I mean, I was beyond excited. And after the introduction, you get to him in Civil War, man, I couldn't contain myself. I was just obsessively studying the the set photos and watching like any bits of footage that I could find. Um I I watched those trailers probably hundreds of times. I was so excited for this. Um I remember getting those footage descriptions from Comic-Con when they first debuted footage from this movie and like just my mind racing with the possibilities. I was so pissed that they didn't put that stuff online. But um i finally saw it and yeah it quickly became my favorite spider-man movie i i really really loved it and i i watched it all the time i i just yeah i this is a pretty regular thing that i would throw on uh, after i got it on home video but um uh i don't know i've softened on it a little bit um i don't i don't love it as much as i did when i first saw it but i do still think that this is one of the better spider-man movies i think there is one big thing that i really don't like about it and and uh and it's a little bit different than Far From Home where there's like a few big things. It's still mostly one big thing, but there's like a few other sub things. But in this one, I would say that it's it's really genuinely great, except for, for one kind of kind of element that, that breaks it a little bit for me. But um, let's start with the things that work because there are a lot. For one tom holland is amazing as spider-man he is so good he's pitch perfect as peter parker he's really great as spider-man he can do the action he can do the funny stuff he can do the emotional stuff he is genuine as a high schooler which is a first um like he he truly looks the part i mean i mean i'm i'm like the age that he's supposed to be in this movie and and i look definitely younger but it's a lot closer than a 28 year old full-grown adult so props to that um and also just this interpretation of high school i love that they keep him there i love that he's in high school for the majority of his time in the franchise so far um i really like the the, the way they interpret uh high school in this movie i like the cast of characters that we get i think it's very funny like the awkward moments are funny and um and a lot of the way that these characters play off of each other is is good. I like that a lot of these characters feel like real people that I've met and uh, and like am can see in my friend groups and stuff. Like I definitely identify with a lot of these archetypes, and uh, I think that that just this is the best version of Spider Man in High School that we've seen on film. I mentioned before that I like this. Uh, interpretation of Flash. I think that it's a little bit off kilter, you know, it's different than what we're accustomed to, but I think that it's a little bit more realistic, to be honest with you. Um I really like Ned. I think that he's probably the most entertaining best friend that, that Peter has had, although uh, James Franco does have his moments. Um how's the pie. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't I don't know if we'd ever top something like that, but and Ned is very entertaining and he's a, a good sidekick to peter uh liz is kind of yeah she's she's kind of boring um i think michelle is obviously the more interesting character or mj excuse me um she's definitely the more interesting love interest for for peter so far in the franchise but uh i mean you know liz plays her part she, she, she's good enough uh i think mj obviously gets a lot more play in the second movie and i think she's a, a more interesting character in that there's a there's something about her and peter relationship that i wanted to talk about that um that i'll kind of get to more in that movie but uh but still i think this this movie does a pretty good job of laying the groundwork with her um also the villain that man the yeah the, this franchise is 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 two for two with uh with great villains um I mean, Michael Keaton is just pitch perfect casting. I love him in everything, and he's really, really great in this. He is viable as the family man who's trying to make ends meet, and he's viable as the threatening villain in the crazy monster gear. Um, He is just really, really good in this all around. I love his his interactions with Peter. I love that he has really legitimate and understandable motivation, and I, I... Um, I think it's an interesting undercurrent of this franchise so far that it's just like exploring the ways that Tony Stark was a terrible person who ruined lives but um, I mean yeah Tony Stark was a terrible person that ruined people's lives and we get to see pretty direct fallout from that so I think that that's also very well done showing another side to a hero that we kind of see represented one way but then we get to see how that affects other people and um, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man stuff, the very ground level stuff that he does in this movie, I think a lot of that is really, really awesome. I love his interactions with these New Yorkers. Um, I love how he's not really great at this yet. He's still a kid who's, granted, been given a great opportunity and in, in this amazing suit and this brand new tech, and he knows the Avengers and, and everything like that. But he's not an Avenger yet. And I like that in this movie that he's not totally good at everything. Um, I like there's sort of a learning curve that comes along with a lot of this i think that by the second movie when he's still like fumbling around getting knocked in the head by bells i think by that point you should be much better at this um and i'm hoping that in uh no way home that that he is like truly completely competent at this point and they don't do a lot of that like oh he's such a doofus type things because he, he's spider-man like he should be able to to not you know be caught in these situations but obviously we'll see how that plays out um i like the this suit and everything too i think it looks pretty cool and and i like the way that they integrate a lot of the stark tech in with with this stuff i think it's pretty creative and it it brings in elements that have been in the comics from the start but that we kind of forget about and it just kind of integrates them in a pretty flawless way like the 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 belt of extra web cartridges that's such a cool idea i don't know why that's never been in in another version of spider-man before um on screen and I think that that's a cool way to integrate that and we get the spider signal and we get um web wings we get all the different types of webbing that he has I think a lot of that is really cool and it's fun to see that finally included um I think the biggest problem that I have with this movie my one big thing is it's Tony Stark and, and it's all the things that are kind of around him um happy is an entertaining presence in this movie i don't think he's as overused as he kind of feels in far from home but i think that he is uh you know he can he can be a little bit much but but in this movie i think it's okay uh it's it's passable tony stark has a way too big role in this movie i think the perfect version of a spider-man mentor mentee relationship is into the spider-verse the most perfect piece of spider-man media that's ever been made um i'm exaggerating but seriously they're ne- they're never gonna top that, uh. I like Peter B. Parker and Miles Morales's relationship in that movie is pitch perfect. They teach each other in different ways, and Peter is a major part in the story, and he helps Miles become the hero that he was meant to be in a very large way. But he doesn't overstep. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't take over the story. The story is not about him. He goes through his own arc and on the sidelines, but when it counts. Miles takes center stage and there's just a much better balance of those two characters in that movie and that's an example I always cite when I'm talking about how you know a lot of people will joke that like oh iron boy or whatever you know like he's basically just junior iron man and I think that there's a way to do this where that's not how he feels and where you know it's 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 a better balance of the two characters and Tony Stark doesn't feel like he's overtaking Peter in these movies I just think he plays too much into it, and I think a big problem with both of these movies, and uh, I think it's a much bigger problem in the second one, but to this one to some degree as well, Peter Parker works best as a hero on his own. I'm sorry, I know that one of the best parts about him being in the MCU is that he gets to play off other heroes, but I think there's a time and a place for that, and it's not in a Spider-Man solo story. One of my favorite Spider-Man arcs, and I'm going to cite the Ultimate Spider-Man again because that's the best run on Spider-Man in recent years um that uh volume 10 i believe is uh it's called hollywood it's a really cool story uh they kind of it's it's uh centers around uh, sam raimi in that movie is making a version of spider-man based off the real spider-man and um there's a part where dr octopus kidnaps spider-man and they have like this fight and stuff and he they end up in brazil and Spider-Man has to figure out a way to get home from Brazil before Aunt May comes home from her trip and um and all the mean all the while uh Gwen Stacy who is currently living with with Peter is discovering that he is Spider-Man and she believes that Spider-Man killed her father uh it turns it was it was obviously an impostor Peter Parker didn't murder uh Captain Stacy but she she thinks that Spider-Man was responsible and so you're getting all these different li- levels of tension, and Spider-Man's really up against the clock, and he's in an impossible situation. How do you get from Brazil to New York in, like, a really constrained time frame when you don't have, like, a private jet or an Iron Man suit or anyone to call on to help you? So what he ends up doing is, like, hitching rides on in different, uh, like... Um, in different cargo holds and trying to get to as close to his house as he can and then swing there in time and then as soon as he gets home okay he's finally done it he's beaten he's bloodied but he's made it home and then what does he what does he find uh Gwen Stacy pointing her father's gun at him because she believes that he killed him and it's just like there's so many things that so many obstacles get thrown at at him and and it's like right as right as aunt may is walking the door he's got to try to reason with gwen and keep her quiet and keep her from like yelling or doing anything because you know he knows that that he didn't do that and he has to convince her but now just isn't the right time and he's got to get out of the spider-man costume before aunt may comes down to see them and it's like there's so many Things that just get thrown at his way and he's just got to like negotiate how to you know how to do it how to how to get out of these impossible situations what he doesn't do because he can't is just call Iron Man or call Happy to help him out of these situations there's a perfect opportunity to do something very similar to this with um, the sequence in Far From Home where he gets hit by that train and ends up in wherever like the Netherlands or something I think it is and he has to get to London how is he going to do that I don't know but uh, i would tell you what it's not it's not happy i need a jet and then the jet comes and is like oh you don't have a suit well let me just make you a suit and it's like oh all the problems that you have they're immediately solved like uh, that's just not spider-man to me i I, he needs to be facing real problems he needs to have real consequences to his actions i want to see him be put in these crazy situations and see how he gets out with only you know his 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 smarts and um and a little bit of luck like it's just that is a big part of spider-man's character to me and i don't think this that these movies do a very good job of honoring that so yeah everything with like karen and the the upgraded version of the suit and the amount of time that's that tony stark is in this movie that's kind of my one big thing with this movie that um takes it away from being like a truly great spider-man movie Uh, i think this is a really good spider-man movie but i do think it has a lot of room for improvement and a lot of that relies in the role that tony stark plays in this but i really really like a lot of the stuff with the little people like i said i think a lot of the action is pretty cool even though it's kind of small scale the ending sequence is really awesome um that conversation between peter and uh and the vulture and the car man that's great i mean like all the performance in this they're they're very well done they're they're funny or they're dramatic when they need to be they're um emotional when they need to be it's all it all comes together really well i think the only thing is yeah that that kind of middle chunk where he's um he's like got karen and stuff and i understand why they did it i i I do kind of understand that you know him he's got to have a way to to externalize his internal monologue and i appreciate that i actually really like the scene where he is trapped in that damage control facility and he doesn't really have anything else to do and he's trying to wait for the door to open until he realizes what danger his friends might be in And, and then the whole washington monument scene is fantastic that's a really really awesome sequence um but yeah i still don't totally love like karen in this movie also I think that immediately once they strip her away it's it's a lot better like once he's back in the pajama suit I like it a lot more so yeah um that's kind of where I'm coming down on this one but I still really really like this uh like I said less than I used to but definitely still I really really enjoy it and I watch it pretty regularly like I said I I used to hate Far From Home uh I really really did I the first time I walked out of this movie I despised it and I proudly proclaimed I am not going to see that third one that's hilarious to look back on now but that's how i felt because i thought that this movie had done a really really incredible disservice to spider-man now if you want to know why i felt that way um there's a much angrier version of me that's that'll tell you all about it if you go back to the first season of this podcast um i I, the way i feel about it now i think just a lot of those problems don't bother me as much and i think that just in general reviewing a movie after you first see it, it it's kind of hard because how you ultimately come down on it is probably going to be a lot different than it is when you first see it um for for instance, the first time versus the second time I saw this movie but that's that 's not the only thing I mean more recently, the first two episodes of Hawkeye when I watched those the first time, I had such high expectations and I was also really tired so i 'm like half sleeping through these through this show that i've been really anticipating because it's supposed to be um you know, it's supposed to have pretty decent ties to the My Life as a Weapon story. And I love that run of, of Hawkeye comics. I mean, I think everybody does. And it's sort of that, but not totally. And so I was a little bit disappointed. And then I watched it um, fully rested the uh, the next morning. I didn't sleep through any of it. And I kind of knew what to expect. And I liked it a lot more because I could appreciate the stuff that was there rather than what I wanted to be there. And I think that's kind of something you have to negotiate with a lot of movies, particularly ones like this, where for me, I'm coming at them with a lot higher expectations than your average moviegoer would. So once I know what to expect out of a movie like Far From Home, I think that, that it just played for me a lot better. And a lot of the, the problems that I had with it were still there, but they were a lot easier to make peace with. Uh, for instance, my big game-breaking element with this is Edith. I will always hate that element of this plot and think that it's it's a really, really dumb idea and it's totally unnecessary. The scene where he almost blows up the bus, I hate every time I watch it. it. It honestly makes me a little bit angry because it's just like, when why like why does this exist spider-man almost killing his classmates with a missile that just uh, say that out loud it it doesn't work that doesn't make sense it's a bad idea i don't like it at all and i think that it just makes him too overpowered and it retroactively makes tony stark seem pretty stupid that he had this the whole time and never thought oh this might be helpful with thanos and his army his literal army. Well, you know what I have is an entire space station looking satellite full of of drones with guns and rockets. I guarantee that could have helped out a little bit with the final battle of the most recent two Avengers movies, but um but then how easily Peter decides that he wants to give them over to uh to Mysterio Despite the fact that Mysterio is very well played by Jake Gyllenhaal and their dynamic is very entertaining, and I really like the conversations that they have together, I think that they work really, really well off each other, and hot damn is Jake Gyllenhaal so good in this. I mean, he's just, is just having the time of his life. Uh, you can tell. He's just really enjoying chewing some scenery and being, like, totally ridiculous, and I think that's great because it, it really comes through, and I really, really think that he's one of the best parts of this movie, but... The fact remains that I don't think Peter Parker's that stupid, and I don't buy him giving over this last remnant of a, of um, of a mentor figure who was extremely important to him that easily. I just I just don't buy it, and I think that that's totally solved if it's just not in the movie because it doesn't need to be. Mysterio can just have the drones from some other method, even if it relates to Stark. It's just a much cleaner story if Edith isn't in it, and um and when it comes to the the more overtly high school stuff in this movie i think a lot of that is pretty stupid I, a lot of what i liked about it in the first movie that's sort of ruined um i don't really like that it's sort of overplayed um i really like jb move in this movie and i really like martin Starr and them together they're hilarious but like the actual kids and the way they play off each other this is not how high school works i've been in it for four years and I can tell you that I've never experienced a lot of these situations or conversations and I just don't feel like they're true to life. I think that they are pretty goofy and they're clearly written by like 30 year old comedy writers who were like, man, what was high school like? Am I right? And they gave us this. And I just I don't I don't think they should have done that. Um but let's get into things that I like because, to be honest with you, I don't really want to dwell on the stuff that I don't like. That's Those two elements are really the biggest things. Peter and Betty's – or, excuse me, um, Ned and Betty's relationship is, like, goofy and overplayed, and I think it's indicative of a lot of the way the high school stuff is handled in this. Um, uh, the 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 whole Mysterio, Edith, whole, that whole part of the story, I don't like that at all. Uh, and I will say one other thing before I forget um, – I really don't like, um, I don't like the Peter Tingle thing. I don't like any of that. For one, just call it the spider sense. But, uh, besides that, it's just a really poorly written aspect of this plot. They want you to feel something at the end when he, like, finally takes control of his powers. But it doesn't feel like something like, and I'm sorry to bring this up again, into the Spider-Verse, where you've seen Miles trying to use his powers and and kind of failing but like trying to and 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 it's just not quite working and it's sort of making things difficult for him and for people around him and then you finally see at the end him be completely in control of his powers and just completely powered up and ready to go and it's awesome Oh my god, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite scenes in any comic book movie, that leap of faith scene. It's so meaningful, and when you finally get to see him fighting in all his glory with his brand new suit, it's just... It's impactful it it means something and you feel something in this when he finally quote unquote regains his spider sense it doesn't feel like anything because you don't really feel like it's been gone it's been mentioned like one other time before and that's about it it's not a plot thread it's not a story device it's something that they're like oh yeah we did that once earlier and it just doesn't it just doesn't um it's just not well written it's not well integrated i think they could have done that a lot better so that's another aspect of this where i feel like they want you to feel something at the end but they haven't done the legwork to get you there so uh that's another kind of minor complaint that i have with this movie but um beyond that nick fury's inclusion is really really well done uh i like how he's integrated into the story and i like the, the the role that he plays i like the the introduction of spider-man's new suit i think that's really cool the the night monkey one not the red and black one i'm not as keen on the way that that's introduced but i do like the way it looks i think it's pretty awesome um i yeah i just love the the fury and peter dynamic i think that's that's really good and i like the way that he's often forced to make the hard choice because he knows he has to do the right thing Uh, that's something that was done very well in homecoming as well him looking at his friends having fun looking at what he wants to be doing and just being drawn back into what he knows he has to do, because it's for the greater good. I think that was very well done. And, uh, when it comes to his friends and stuff, the dynamic between, uh, MJ being added into this sort of Spider-Man, like, secret identity knowing squad thing that they have, uh, that's really cool. And I love that she figures it out on her own. I think that's one of the best choices that they make for this character, because she's not stupid, and, and he's right about what he says to Fury, that, like, Dude, as soon as Spider-Man shows up in London, everyone's going to know it's me. Now it is kind of funny to think that like at first he's like, "Yeah, I need my black suit. I need to make sure that I'm, my identity is disguised." And then <laughs> and then later he uh he's just like, "Nah, fucking I'll, I'll just be Spider-Man." Uh, and and it's like well Peter went to stay with family in Berlin it's like there's no way you believe that you you know you're you're all putting the dots together at this point hey why every time we go on a trip is there some kind of massive attack and Spider-Man saves the day hmm who's not sitting next to us right now oh it's Peter oh it's always Peter yeah Peter's Spider-Man but um but yeah I like that she figures it out by herself and I like that she's an integral part of solving this mystery I think that's really cool and I like their relationship in this movie. They clearly have good chemistry, and they are dating in real life now, and a lot of the stuff that I've seen from the third movie, it looks like they're going to just be continuing that relationship very well. And I'm excited to see how they evolve and grow as a couple. I think that they work off each other really well, and I think this has the seeds to be something pretty special. Uh, Spider-Man relationships in on film are kind of hit and miss, but I think this is one of the better ones for sure. I don't like... That he likes her all of a sudden for no reason. um I really think that's just that's so weird to me that this movie starts with him like completely having forgotten about Liz and um and just having like woke up five years later after the snap and been like you know what I love MJ now I really do and she's the the one I want she's the one I was always meant to be with and it's like whoa wait where did this come from because in the first movie it seems like she is after him she's clearly interested in him for whatever reason but. it doesn't seem like he's even aware that she likes him and it seems like it's almost primed for a reveal where it's like wait you like me rather than like him him liking her just out of nowhere i don't know i think that was that's kind of a a weird choice it sort of relies on you almost forgetting that the first one happened but um it's not a huge complaint it's just something that i notice every time i watch this uh and also the, the brad character is so stupid that kind of fits into my my general complaint of like uh, the high school stuff feeling a lot more goofy in this one. That is not a real human. That I'm sorry, it's just not. But it it is part of something that I think is really cool, which is the world building in this, is really well done. Um, the what the world looks like in the aftermath of Tony Stark being gone, in the aftermath of Endgame. When it's played for emotional beats, I think it's really, it it works well. Um, Like the the documentaries and stuff that they see on the plane, I know that's kind of humorous, but it's it's still, it's a cool idea. All the graffiti that they're seeing everywhere, and how it always feels like Peter's looming under Iron Man's shadow. While I don't think they did do a great job of justifying his arc, in particular because it's the same arc that he had in the first one, and it just plays a lot better in that one, and it seems like, why do you need to learn the same lesson again? Like, yeah, you're not Iron Man, you're Spider-Man. You already did this. Like, didn't we already? This is the same thing. But um, but I like that you have that visual element throughout the entire movie and you see it in a bunch of different ways. And then I also like the comedic versions of this this part of the premise where, like... <laughs> the the uh the band like they they blip back into the the, into the school during the basketball game and like everything goes to shit like that's hilarious and the, the thing about like even though we already took midterms and she's like you know Betty's pissed about the fact that the school is pulling like some weird shit to just make them take tests again and the whole like um, yeah he, he actually blipped so he's not actually 21 or he came you know we all came back and this guy was hot but he used to be like this this super skinny middle schooler it's like yeah that would be trippy and, I, and if anything I wish they would have gone farther with, with all those ideas but I think that as it stands what they have is pretty cool it's, it's like emotional when it needs to be and funny when it needs to be and it's just it overall lends credence to the, to the way that this world would be built. And I like seeing it from a ground level, high schooler perspective, that's so cool. That's such a good, good idea that I think these movies play with really well in, in a lot of different ways. So yeah, overall, my feelings have completely changed on this movie. While I still think it has a lot of awkward moments and I don't think Peter's arc ultimately works very well. And there's a lot of things where I feel like they could have done a better job of throwing more obstacles at him, and making his journey more difficult. Um, for instance, this will always break my heart that this scene was cut, but there is this deleted scene, which you can find, I believe, I think I've I've at least seen pictures from it, but um, where Peter has to sell some of his Star Wars figures to afford to go on the trip, and it's like, yeah, that makes sense, explain to us how this family that lives in the projects is able to afford to go on this European, you know, like, crazy <laughs> all-summer-long trip, like, that's, that's nuts, I guess you just kind of have to assume, yeah, Stark cut him a check, or happy kind of a check whatever but still i would have loved to see that i think that's just such a great touch that would have would have added a lot of dimension to the character but um that's that's just kind of an indicative of my overall feeling about both these movies is that that part of it could be done a little bit better but like i said i i really like this a lot more than I did before that mysterio action sequence in that warehouse is awesome oh my god i love that so much it's so cool it's one of the best things in any spider-man movie um the end action sequence is pretty cool as well. just the inge- the general like the interpretation of mysterio and how all that works and and how they've kind of thought out through, like every you know uh it's pretty airtight how how he does all this i mean obviously it's comic book rules, but still it's i mean they 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 put some thought into it and it and it makes sense the way they present it um i think yeah, I think this is really this is this is a lot better than I initially gave it credit for. And holy shit, am I excited for the new one. Um, Like I said, I really hope I can get that episode up to you guys tomorrow. But if I can't, definitely Friday uh, by the end of the night. I have been waiting to review this movie for a long, long time. And I truly can't wait to do so. So thank you for sticking with me on this. I know it's been a long ride. These have been some absolute behemoths of episodes. But hey, you know what? If any character deserves this much love and uh, and conversation, it's Spider-Man. So yeah. In general, if I would have to rank the movies this thus far, give you a nice little recap of what I think about all of them, I would say, obviously, the best is Into the Spider Verse. Uh, so far, that's just far and away my favorite. It is one of the best Spider-Man stories I've ever seen. Uh, Spider-Man Two, after that, really gets after the essence of the character. I like that one a lot. I would say Spider-Man Homecoming would probably be coming third. I I like that movie, despite some of my problems with it. I really really like it. And Spider-Man One. Uh, a corny, classic favorite. I like that one a lot. Uh, then I'd go Far From Home. Then I would go Amazing Spider-Man. And then I would go Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wait, no, 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 no. Far From Home. Then Spider-Man 3. Then, oh ah, shit. No, that's actually kind of hard. All right, here we go. Final ranking. Into the Spider-Verse number one. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man, the original one. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home amazing spider-man spider-man 3 amazing spider-man 2 and we'll have to see how no way home fits into all that so there you have it that is my official ruling on all the spider-man movies thus far it was a blast to review these man you have no idea how long i've been waiting to talk about them and i think these episodes turned out pretty great i know they're long and i apologize i know the audio quality's not all there my um official podcasting mic has stopped working and i'm not sure why so i'm back to the old school version but you know what it's a, I don't care, man. I'll talk about these movies to to a wall, you know. I'll just I'll just talk about them for for no reason. So, so yeah. So there. All right. I hope you enjoyed these episodes, and I appreciate you sticking with them. Uh, and I will I'll catch you in the next one, man. Shit, I can't wait.